0: Jesus, man, well, Welcome in the name of Jesus, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, I'm sure that some of you uh, are recovering from being around family, true, so here's the deal, I have an absolute burn that I can't control myself sometimes, y'all know that, so what's going to happen is that the whole purpose of the reason why I know that God called me to pastor, and the reason why God called you in your ministry? Because everybody in this room, like it or not, you can—you you, know—here's the thing about Christianity: you can you can stick your toe in the ocean, but everything that's broken in you heals. Right? If you have a cut, what happens when you put your toe? If you have a cut on your toe, you put it in the ocean. What happens? Yeah, it begins to heal because of the properties in the ocean. Here's my point. My point is, is that my prayer at this church family is that we encounter God in such a powerful way that everything else that you or I encounter pales in comparison. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that there's not a relationship that we would seek outside of the relationship with Jesus. There's not a, a sex that we could have, a fame that we can attain, that uh, a money that we can make, a lifestyle that we can live. I mean, let's just put anything in it. There's nothing that you and I, if God is not all in all to us, then he is not at all. And so my burden today is that as we enter, you know, I don't want Christmas to be another Christmas. And I don't want Thanksgiving we can't be in other things. I don't know what you're doing in your life. Whether whatever God has called you into occupation, I don't care if you're you're parenting your children. Where you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a student. I don't care what you are in, in finances. I don't care if you're working with your hands. I don't care if you're a cook. I don't care what it is that Jesus Christ would be the pinnacle drive of everything we do. Now, with that being said, why do we do what we do? When we encounter each other in worship today, in corporate worship, that is why like, you see I wear the same shirt, right? And I rock my cords because, well, cool people rock cords, you know that. And so, what happens is this is our chance to really love God. This is our chance to encounter God in a great right way. And then, what we try to do out of that is we try to build community. Community is very important. Uh, I see Brittany over you know, there. Brittany, you're, you're the you're the like the, the PhD guru on this council stuff. That you know the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a sense of belonging. If that's the, the, the highest point, I mean you've got to have the foundational points. I get it, like you got to have food and shelter, all those things that Maslow's hierarchy needs, you've got to have that as the foundation. But at the top, it's a sense of belonging. It's, it's the treasure of being with one another, of people passionately pursuing Christ. And when you pass it and pursue Christ, what happens is that God puts us in places. Where his name can be made famous. I want us to be and live in a place just like in Acts chapter 7. Now I want to be careful how to say this because I'm not like wishing we die. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about in Acts 7 or Stephen? Right? They- he went after Jesus but it didn't do well for him. Okay. Right? It did. It- 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 but it-, it did because he saw God he even in the midst of his death. But what happens is that his wisdom was so profound because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Listen. The world, he shut up the world. So here's what happens. When I, the wisdom of God is so powerful inside of us, here's what's going to happen. They can't shut you up, so what they have to do is kill you. Because that's the only way they can shut you up. So in Acts 7, Stephen, this man of God, is profoundly putting the people that were so-called passionate pursuing God. He puts them in the place because they were pursuing a work, and Stephen was pursuing a person. So my prayer today is we pursue a person. We pursue a person so much and so powerful that our lives are transformed. So I'm going to lay out the point a little different. I'm to lay out the point today So the point today of this is that when we encounter Jesus Christ, our lives have to be transformed. So if you're a youth and you're sitting there, If your life is not being transformed by the power of the gospel, that is, you act the same way you did three weeks ago, then something is fundamentally wrong. Can I get a witness famous? If my life is... Waffle was hurt, the highlight of the game for me was when our team, I had my brother who was standing, and the highlight was when our team gathered together and kneeled in the middle of the game and prayed for that young man before they took him off. Now, look, every other game you see, you see people and teams praying, which rarely Maybe Liberty in some other place, but rarely will you see a team unified at the leading with coach to pray for somebody else who's fallen, and then go over to him and then chip for him as he leaves. Is that not something transformational? Like that says something is bigger inside of you than the game. Come on. See what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there's got to be something bigger inside of me than preaching. There's got to be something bigger inside of me than than working. There's got to be something bigger inside of me than my family. If I want my children to be sold out for Jesus, then something has to be bigger inside of me than them. Because they're not going to catch it unless something's burning in me. We are missing transforming power. (laughs) goal of today's sermon is transformational power that produces a transformed life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ Watch us so yes I'm talking about sanctification issues I am not talking about a salvation issue a salvation issue is that God took our dead hearts and woke them up and yes I believe in free will and yes I believe in to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to break that down, we'll talk later. Uh, but what I'm saying is that we respond. And, I, and the will, the limited will that he's given us, we respond to that. And we receive the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he has sealed us. So our hearts, our dead spirits are waking in Jesus. And all of a sudden, you want to read the Bible. You want to pray. You want people to be saved. You want to grow in the Lord. You want to disciple. And you have a burning heart to serve somebody that can't love you back. Salvation, the presence of God living and active in our lives. When that happens, it produces a sanctification issue. We become more like Christ. There's got to be transformational power, and God is telling John, "Tell this generation about the transforming power of Jesus Christ." And so I come to you today about the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And I want to find, as one old preacher said, "The strength of God." Is the arm of God? The strength of God is not what I'm talking about today. I want to talk to you. Strength is when God reaches through dimensions to touch this dimension and our limitedness and all the things that we have—life, death, things breaking down. He breaks through and produces a miracle, something outside of our time and space continuum. That's strength. But I want to talk about power. But you shall receive. Power, when who comes upon you? Come on, somebody. When who? When the Holy Spirit acts one, eight, you sort see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you be my witnesses. Now, people think power means you and I stop death. No, power has nothing to do with what's outside of me, power has everything to do with what's inside of me. Power is the intestinal. Fortitude, the transformational fortitude to face whatever comes our way, and proclaim Jesus is God over all. Though He might slay me, I still love Him. Joe, when we talk about power, witnesses die. your life will proclaim the power of Jesus Christ. That is what's true. A lie is I love you. You can stay just as you are. And why can I prove it to be a lie? Because there's no transformational power. But the truth is, is that true love will change you to be like Jesus. So what's the greatest testimony that we can give this world right now? Is a transformed life. Second Corinthians three. Let's turn there or on your phone, 2 Corinthians 3. I want to look at verse 12 through 18. And I know Robbie Craig asked him to speak. And so I'm just trying to just take a moment and just, as a body of Christ, and just ask God to continue that process. So Lord, we come to you and I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but I want to come with a demonstration of the spirit and power. Power is the changing inside me to overcome anything outside me. It's the changing of you and your work, your sealing of the Holy Spirit inside me to overcome anything that happens outside of me. I pray today, Lord, that you would be seen glorified, that saints would be Lord, that we would draw closer to you. And that no matter what we just experienced in life, high, low, up, down, right, left, that the only thing that matters is we fix our eyes on Jesus. We don't look to the left, and we don't look to the right, and nothing becomes more valuable than the call of Jesus' presence in our lives. And fulfilling that call is where he is the most seen, felt, known, and heard. I pray that today. So we ask, Lord, please forgive me. Thank you for forgiving me. Forgive us. Thank you for forgiving us. And as we walk in the recognition of our limit, limitedness, and we realize that you're unlimited, may your transforming power be so evident in our life that people cannot help and say that we've been with Jesus. Lord, let people see you. Transform us. Because the greatest testimony in this world is a transformed life that's living in the transforming power of Jesus. That is our present call today. And so we surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, all those people said what? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, because of the glory of that we're giving right now the ministry of righteousness the guy gives is coming that section above therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold notice bold is an outward expression of an inward transformation come on something happens on the inside that makes us bold on the outside i'll tell you what i know it would fade because the law was not meant to be permanent. The law was meant to be fulfilled. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when, I love this part, I love this, check this out, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. People that don't know Jesus read the Old Testament. There's a veil. The little God of the saints is blinding the hearts and minds of unbelievers. It has not been removed because only in Christ it is what saints. That's right. Only in Jesus can we understand the Old Testament. Only in Jesus does it come more than just an Israelite history. Only in Jesus. What? I'll prove it to you. Matthew 5, 29. Caleb, we putting that up there. Whoever's oh, up there? can't see. I'm sorry. It says, Jesus said, you study the scriptures. All law and the prophets testify. Look, the scripture over and over and over. The Old Testament points to Jesus. Acts 10, 43. All the prophets testify about Jesus. That everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. We have established in just a couple of verses that all the prophets, all the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, wrong all the law in the Psalms, wisdom literature, point to Jesus. Back to Second Corinthians, chapter three, verse fourteen. But their minds remain dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read; it has not been removed, because only in Christ it is taken. You read the Old Testament, without Jesus, you're looking for a Messiah. You're still looking for hope. And you're living in a place of exile. And you're living in a place of silence. But when you get to Matthew, God shows up. Verse 15, even to this day when Moses is read, the veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil Take it away. Let me stop for a moment. Do you realize today, because the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ saving you and I, that right now, that God's word is taking root, and if we allow it to take real root, that God might do something in and through you that you never thought you would be. Hey, take it from somebody who never thought, who never thought he'd be pastoring, who never thought he'd be preaching. Just take it from somebody. The more you pursue God, the more he will make things known. Listen, if you just got your heart. I need to be stimulated and started up. I don't even know what to do. Let me tell you what you do. Just passionately. telling you, if you want a chance to win back the people that you love, that are hurting and running from God, go hard after Jesus. Jesus will wear any demon out. I promise you he will. I didn't say they won't suffer. And some of them might go to an early grave, But they will go with conviction of God in their heart. And I'd rather somebody die convicted turning to Jesus. Than running their life away from the Lord and living easy and bust the hell wide open at 102. The veil is taken away. Now, what is the Spirit? And the, the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We already established in Galatians, I already taught you. What is freedom? Freedom is to love people without anything returned. Faith expresses itself through love. That is freedom. Now, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and his Jesus are being what saints? Into the image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, we are being transformed. Transforming power lives shows a transformed life. And if you want people to see Jesus, then have some transformation power. That's what we're missing today. We need, we need transforming power. Otherwise, the world will say Christmas is only good by the amount of presents you give and the amount of presents you receive. I want you to know something, that if nobody shows up with Jesus, it is a great Christmas. Because on that night in Bethlehem, there was only one gift that mattered. So there was only one person that was recognized. And what was amazing? He was recognized by the lowest of low, the shepherds who were outcast. And the highest of high, the Magi who came for these. God wants to transform us today. But we gotta say yes! Whatever, be transformed. God puts us in places sometimes that are so difficult. Why? Because all- Is the highlight of your life, but a sad life. Can I get a witness? That's sad. Well, back in high school, how old are you? 54. <laughs> Not adding all this up, but 36 years, your life was pretty much boring. Come on, transforming power. So here's the, the main idea. There's got to be power in our lives. What is transforming power? Remember, strength. I'm not talking about strength. Strength is the arm of the Lord. And he uses it. He uses the it, Israeli imagery. He uses, I've revealed my arm. In other words, the cloak that, that people would wear is pulled back so you can see the strength of the arm, the size of the arms, the vascularity of the arms, the muscle of In other words, God's saying, I expose my arm so you can see my side. I'm mean, showing you my strength. But power is the eternal fortitude, some Richard once said. So, two things. Ready? Here we go. What does a transformed life look like? You gotta take, I'm sorry, I forgot to hit this on Facebook. It was too much trip of man from the turkey. Made some cards and I went AWOL. Sorry. What does a transformed life look like? Number one. A transformed life looks like this. A transformed life is one who trust that Jesus will sustain all things by His powerful word. A church for life, focusing on 2 Corinthians 3 language, right now, we're focusing on Jesus, the Lord's glory, right? 2 Corinthians 4 says that the Lord's glory is, is Jesus, who's his image, the image of His glory, that, that God's glory took a seat in the face of Jesus. Read 2 Corinthians 4 says... So now, what are we doing? We're saying this. Here's what happened. A transforming life, a transformed life, this living in power, right now, power is this, that I, God, I trust that you will sustain all things by your powerful word. Watch. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. I just cannot get out of that book like Hebrews chapter 1. If you'll turn there or go on your phone. Hebrews chapter 1. i sorry. Hebrew in the firstborn. Your version says in the beginning, but Hebrew can also say in the firstborn, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus. Notice the Trinity. In the firstborn, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And the Spirit was hovering over the waters. Trinity. Verse 3. The sun is the radiance of what saints? Clear scripture, did Colossians talks about that Jesus is, is the image of God, right? Colossians, Ephesians, image of God, Colossians 2, we did that same thing here in Hebrews 1. The Son is the radius of God's glory, and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His blood, saints? Right there it is, I didn't make it up. A transformed life. Listen, the transforming power that God will sustain you and I by his powerful word. That word, is just, uh, I love this. Let me just say this. Verse 3, look, the Son is the witness of God's glory and the exact representation. Let me tell you what that word. You know what the word exact representation is? One word in Greek. You know what the word in Greek is? Let me tell you. Character. You can look it up. It's character. What it means is this. In the Greek it means the exact expression. Jesus does not look like God. His Jesus' face is not the face of God. See, that's putting man's imagery on it. God is a spirit. But he's the exact expression. Jesus, that's why his image doesn't matter. His image is not that ugly French European picture in the painting. Jesus is not white okay? Y'all haven't you? all happy you you are like, hey, I'm, here. That's, I'm sorry, that's a nice painting that somebody, some, Jesus looks like some French hippie. I don't know. That's not Jesus. The Bible says that obviously in Isaiah that when you look at it, you're go, oh, king of the universe. All right. The Bible's clear. Jesus wasn't much to look at. He's going to tell him that like, I, I know. I'm telling you, his humanity was nothing, but his divinity was everything. His expression is the character, the nature, the loving, the kind, the forgiving, the merciful God, the secret power, right by his word, be healed, stand up, see, boom, happens. Because the powerful word, God, his exact representation, he's the exact expression. And in other words, that it literally meant it was used. Character was a tool. Check this out. It was a tool that made an imprint on a coin. If Jesus is the exact expression of God, then when He is my Lord and Son, God, you bear it up. I will come underneath it, like right. Like, I, I come underneath your wings, David would say, right. The, you're a strong tower. The righteous run in, and they are safe. In other words, we bear. God bears us up. He bears. He leads. I love this. I love this. He is. I carry. Sometimes, God, I can't even walk, thinking about this situation. I don't even know how it's going to go. But God's like, I'm good. I'll carry you. I'll carry you so that, like Bobby said, you know, I went through a season. In other words, God will carry you when you let him carry you. But if you want to jump off his back, he's not going to stop you. Because God is a gentleman. If you were to walk away, and I want to walk away, he's going to be right there. Luke 15, prodigal son, standing at the porch, waiting for me. I'm out here just
1: eating pods
0: going, "Whoa, great time, great time!" Jesus is awful. He's there waiting. He's going to carry us. He's going to carry us. Why? Because he sustains everything by his powerful word. Hebrews four twelve says it like this: "For the word of God is alive, or the word of God is quick, or the word of God is living. It's quick. You want an answer?" Go to the Word. I didn't say you like it. Sometimes I go to the Word and God says, tell me you're sorry. No. I like being stubborn, God. I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. They should apologize to me. God said, listen, while I, you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. So go apologize. <laughs> no. God's like, okay, now I'll sit with you. You want to sit in your mud? You want to sit in your mind? You want to make a little mud pies, right? And see if that sustains your life and carry around all this bitterness and defile people? Go ahead. I'll sit right here with you, and when you're ready, let me carry it. I'll take it. For the word of God is alive, quick, and active. It is powerful. A sharp than a double-edged sword. It penetrates, dividing the soul and the spirit, right? The joints of the marrow. And I love this part. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God will sustain us because he will transform us inside and expresses itself on the outside. That's what a wedding bed is. A wedding bed is symbol. It is not the covenant. Wedding is mean nothing if this hasn't changed. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So here we go, a transformed life. We're here in land. So what does a transformed life look like? Number one, it's a life that says, Jesus will sustain all things by His powerful word. We live and die by His word. We pray, surrender, submit. That's why, that's why we have this time of invitation. Because who knows? God might give you a scripture verse. God might have someone to pray over you about the exact thing you're going through. Or you might be saying, God, I need you to touch that person. And I believe your word is not changed. Scripture says. So speak to them. God is going to put us in places where only he can sustain us when we follow. And the last thing is this. Is that God sustains. God shows a transforming life. And God shows his transforming power. Through this mathematical equation. You ready? And I heard a preacher I forgot his name sentence so powerful that God multiplies by dividing. a transformed life. Says God, I believe that whatever you divide around me, in me, you will multiply through me. Now that makes no mathematical no sense. Think about it. Um, last two weeks ago, I took the graduate school entrance exam. For the fourth time in my life, it was a bear. And then I took it again this past Monday. And I had to go down to the center to take this test. So I'm sitting there, and literally, I got to the math. Y'all be proud of me. This is a this is classic student move. Y'all ready? Parents don't judge me. Here's how I do my math. Josh, don't get math. So I do it math? Every math question I hit, I went skip, skip, skip. That was funny. Skip, skip, every time I went to a math. I mean, it would, you know, one, one question was like, it had the square root of x cubed minus 10 to the fourth power. And uh, within that was the square root of, what, it was another algorithm. And I was just like, look, I don't even know how to read this thing much. Let's answer this thing. Skip, skip. And then when I got to the end, it said, you got about four minutes left on the exam. You know, because the computerized is showing you how much time you got I just went back and I was like, hmm, A, B, C. <laughs> make a Christmas tree, I don't know who else, BC, DC, DC, BC, I don't know why, just guess. right? That's just a little bit what I did, I'm not confessing. I'm telling you I'm just like, I have no idea. And so what happens is, it just makes no mathematical sense that God uses division to multiply. It doesn't make sense. But sometimes God will allow things to lead our lives Sometimes God turns things away from us so that he can multiply more of himself. Watch. Very simply, according to this Luke 9, we're going to land the plane here. See, life is much when it comes to Jesus, somebody said. Luke 9, 12 through 17, and we're going to land the here. Uh, here's an example. Here's an example the Holy Spirit gave me about God using division for multiplication. First uh, uh, Corinthians 11. Uh, Paul was telling them how to have the Lord's Supper, uh, which we're going to have in two weeks. He says, um, and when he had taken the bread and he broke it, or one verse says, broken pieces, he said, This is my body. prepares to take before me in the presence of my enemies. I know I'm going to eat in heaven. Y'all go on with your diets. Have fun. Be miserable. Cranky. There's a reason why Santa's job is fat. blood pressure problem, but nonetheless, less. <laughs> answer, we have only five loaves of two fish. A bread and of two fish unless we go buy the food for all the crap. About 5,000 men were there, but he said to the disciples, have each of them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone said it, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven. He gave Eucharist, he gave thanks to Eucharist, right, the uh, Lord's supper, and broke them. Broke them. Robbie, y'all come on here, please. He broke them. You know the story. He broke them. the no Then he gave them to the disciples. To what, saints? Robin, this is what I want to know. Don't turn your back to i It's not nice. God doesn't ask us to be in the manufacturing business. He asked us to be in the distribution business. I thought that preacher said I I, it. I wrote it down my phone. I'm Let me go back and read it. He gave thanks and broke it. Then he gave them to the disciples to dis- distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the twelve baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Remember, here's what happened. So many times in a Christian life, we're asking, God, manufacture. God, let me manufacture. Let me do this. Let me do this. And I want you to know, here's how the transformed life works. We distribute what God is putting into us. And that is why we have this time. That God may continue to put stuff into us. A transformed life means that God multiplies what he divides. What he breaks off from our life, we can trust that he will multiply something else in our life. Breaks off a relationship, breaks off a, a career decision, breaks off a loss. I don't care. Multiplication in God's eyes always comes by division. But then there's another style of dividing. God takes something of himself and puts it in us. And our job is to distribute it. That is why your time with the Lord is so important. When you spend time with God, right? right, Like literally time with God, when you're sitting there and saying, God, I'm not getting up unless you show up. When God breaks off something in his heart and puts it in our heart, then my job is to distribute it. My job is not to go manufacture his heart. off, and his power will do the rest. And that is a transform life. It's pretty simple as far as the idea, but very difficult in the surrender life. So today, do you want some transforming power? We'll talk about it for <laughs> a do you want transforming power? It's not going to come by race, I promise you. It's not going to come by a gift. It's not going to come if God brought back the dead family. That sounds rough, but it's true. I wish, I, I tell my kids all the time, I wish there'd be time I could just call my dad. Hey, dad, I, I need some advice. You got something you help me? Even if he can come back. Doesn't mean that my life will be transferred. But I'll through Jesus. Will you let Him sustain you by His powerful word? And will you let Him multiply Himself in us by buying something from us? Father, that is my prayer today. I look at the people in this room. And I know, Lord willing, two weeks from today we'll be in the Christian Leadership Building, which is—I know if we're facing this building, it's to the right because they're doing some innovations in here. But my prayer is this, Lord: Is there anybody in here today that just needs to ask God to sustain them a little bit, just to sustain them? Do they—they they need a word from the Lord? If I going to come, just kneel and pray right now and say, "Hey, God, I just need you to sustain me, sustain this situation." i got a family member this. Wherever. And I need some sustaining. Lord, maybe I'm in a place where something has just been divided in my life. Something happened that I, I did not expect. But God, at this moment, I'm going to trust that there's power in that, that you are going to use that to multiply yourself in me. Lord, maybe there's just Something that needs to happen. God, I pray for us as believers. To anyone in this room who wants more of the transforming power of Jesus. You said that you will sustain us. You will bear it. You will carry it. You will lead. Will sustain us. You will lead by powerful work. Lord, would you come and bear and believe and give life to your work and help us trust you? And when something has been divided, it does not mean